0: It just takes a few moments of courage. Like it just takes your inspir- in, like your inspired, aligned self to lead for a few minutes, to make some key decisions. And once you make the decision, you will just have to make it happen. Like let your highest self lead. You just never know what's waiting for you on the other side of this knowing. And by not leaning into it, you're kind of, no, you're not kind of, you are withholding something really important from the world.
1: Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Passages podcast. I'm your host, Chloe. I'm the founder of the Passages Project, a media project on a mission to empower young professionals to honor, explore, and advance their lives and careers from day one. In today's episode, I have the chance to introduce you to my new friend, Kat Lantigua. Kat graduated from the Florida International University with a degree in international relations and Latin American and Caribbean studies. After graduating, she picked up everything she knew about work, hustle, and purpose and moved her vibrant Dominican-American soul to New York City. After an original intent to pursue a career in the nonprofit sector fell out of alignment and her total lack of community started to set in, Kat decided to take her experience with herself and others into her own hands. What started out as dinner parties in her dining room for friends around town soon evolved into what's now known as the Goddess Council, which is a community for women to make new friendships, participate in meaningful conversations, and heal collectively. Kat has since left her corporate role, moved out of the city, and now runs Goddess Council full-time as community architect. In 2020, Kat was also recognized by Aerie as a changemaker for her work with Goddess Council and it's an absolute joy to host her on the Passages podcast today. In this episode, I asked Kat about her definition of well-being, her experience leading herself and other women towards nourishing and intentional community, lessons in courage, and the antidote to hustle culture. Kat is a voice of healing I know I and many others will need during this year and beyond bringing inspiration, light and conversations that matter to women and this world. Buckle up. (laughs) Let's get into my conversation with Kat.
0: Well, my name is Kat Lantigua. I am a Dominican American community architect and storyteller. Um, I, love, love, love bringing people together in an intentional way that helps us to unlock answers and just ways of being that feel like they are just moving us along in the world in a, in a mindful and authentic way. And I do most of my work through my community platform called Goddess Council. That's what I do full time. That's my baby. That's everything to me. And that space is really just for women That are looking to reconnect with their joy, with their healing, with their inner goddess, and really to just be a part of something that nourishes their sense of well-being, but also provides them with a space to cultivate intentional friendships with women. And that is really important, particularly because for some reason, as women, we've grown up hearing the story that like when you get older, you can't make friends. And that's something I've heard so often. And uh, Goddess Council is basically the antithesis of that of that you know story of that. Um, honestly, it feels kind of like a lie that so many of us have been told. So um, you know, post high school, so many of us just kind of have a difficult time finding out where we belong and where to go to connect. But Goddess Council is that space that I kind of brought into the world as I was seeking for my own connections and my own community after moving from Miami to New York, and now it's that for anybody who needs it. And so um, I didn't intend on doing any of this though when I was in college. I graduated from Florida International University in 2015 with a uh, bachelor's in uh, international relations and a certificate in uh, Latin American and Caribbean studies. And I thought I was gonna go into the nonprofit NGO sector. That is what I really thought I was gonna do. I graduated at 22. And I went to do some work at the YWCA of Miami. I was uh, the president and I was a vice president and then president of the YWCA Miami Changemakers. And then I went on to do a lot of random work, like as a temp. And then I ended up at a, at a job out of college for four years. And that's the job that I actually quit a few months ago to pursue Goddess Council full time. So career-wise, from like a professional development perspective, I did not end up doing anything that I went to school for. However, it does inform my curiosities and it does kind of orient people when they when they look at what I majored in and what I, I'm really passionate about in terms of uh, the society that we live in and just like my critique and my perspectives. A lot of it was informed through my education at FIU. So um, as much as I didn't end up going into the nonprofit sector NGO, I did learn about the importance of community in college. And that is what merged my like natural inclination to do this work with kind of understanding social impact. And then it involved, it evolved into Goddess Council, but it's not at all what I thought it was going to be at the end of the, you know, professional game. But I'm really grateful that it turned out this way. It just feels so organic and it feels like it was supposed to be all along you know
1: yeah and i love how what you've studied is still like you said has still informed everything you're doing you're not off path you haven't changed course you're exactly where you need to be and what you're doing is so much is levels more impactful because you have the experience that you have and you have a degree i mean you you are a master you have a degree and you have studied how worlds come together and how different citizens of so many different backgrounds can work together and have relationships. I mean, how powerful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your your stories story is incredible. So I'd love to dig into your expertise on this theme of, of relationships, of well-being, of community. Um, and so my first question for you is what does well-being mean to you?
0: It's a beautiful question because... I thought it had evolved, to be honest. I thought as you get older, like well-being evolves, but it's honestly really simple. Well-being is just being in a state physically, uh, spiritually, and emotionally where you feel grounded, where you feel like you are in tune. And that can be achieved in so many ways, but the ways that have been most impactful for me are really simple. like just having an environment that has clean air, like being in an environment that doesn't, you know, um, hyper arouse you with sounds and like, you know, overcrowding and all of that stuff. And that's something I'm learning now that I've gotten out of New York and out of kind of the hustle and bustle. And um, also just being in relationship with friends and family and and partners that uh, nourish you and that do not deplete you. And also pairing that with just, leaning into the things that make us feel alive. Like that can look like so many different things for people. Um, today I went hiking, so I can say like, for some people it's like going hiking or mountain biking and like, you know, doing like things in the world that just make them feel like they are alive. And, um, yeah, that's what well being is on top of obviously just like having like a lifestyle and a practice and an attitude, uh, that is conducive to feeling like you're here for a reason, mm-hmm. if that makes sense.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that you use the word nourish, and I, it's so interesting to me too. I feel like the opposite of everything that you just shared is is what it feels like to be out of well being and to be out of balance. And um, I know, I mean, pandemic aside, I feel like hustle culture, and everything that you might chase outside of what you already have with your life and with your relationships can be so toxic and so draining. And it's because you have not implemented intentional habits, disciplines, practices, like you said, that nourish you and figuring out what nourishes you versus somebody else. Yeah. Um, what What do you think is that antidote? to hustle culture as you've kind of adopted more of a slower living pace?
0: Yeah, it's a good question. I think that's, again, one of those things that like really depends on the person, you know, like we all need different things to find our grounding. So I can only speak for myself, but having come from a community in Miami, like Miami in, in and of itself is like its own little community, like having grown up in a community that is so attached to superficiality and materialism and like kind of the world of, you know, all of these things that manifest as like what our ego wants. um, i had a warped perspective of what it meant to like have things and like live a life that was, you know, um, meaningful. Like I thought I needed to make a lot of money. I thought I needed to have awesome cars and like know the right people and wear the right clothes. Like I really thought that because that's what society had taught me. And that's the representation that I had in Miami. Um, but it wasn't until like really honestly, until I moved to New York when I was 24, I was born in the Bronx, grew up in Miami, moved back to New York to live full time in uh, when I was 24 in 2017. And so I at that point had to start over and I knew that there was something in me that like drew me to New York and it's because I needed to just make sense of things. I needed to figure out what was work, what was not working for me and what I wanted to to kind of cultivate within myself and having gone through that journey and now having left New York to find something else. um, The antidote for me is stillness and is a slower pace and is um, just activating my curiosity in nature and like letting the earth teach me and like being in community with the planet in a way that isn't just, you know, um, being here, but like actively like cultivating earth, like gardening and like going through, you know, wildlife and like wild lands and and connecting with wildlife and like just doing things like that, that um, make me connect with the truth like the things that really matter right like we need we need nature we need the trees to survive like we we are in a synergy here with the planet and as i become more tuned to nature i realize that there's so many things that i learned along the way that didn't actually matter and that well being and the purpose of life is actually way more simple than we're taught to believe and it's even restructuring like my idea of success and Um, what it means to make it because what does it really matter if you have a lot of money and you have a lot of things, but you don't feel like you are in an environment that allows you to feel connected to all things around you or like as much as you possibly can connect with, which in my opinion, one of the most important things to connect with is the earth because without the earth being okay, like we can't be here. So um, that has been my antidote to hustle culture and like moving very quickly because often in my professional career there are a lot of deadlines and there's a lot of projects and creativity that's required for things and um, as much as I'm energized by that I love having something to counteract that quickness and that um, that masculine energy that is required to kind of operate in that world without falling behind so yeah
1: Oh my gosh. I have chills. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I can't handle what you just said. Everything you just said. It. I love this theme of finding the simplicity and going back to what's most natural and what's most organic and honestly, what's most pure about who we are as beings and where we live. Um, I've lived in cities for the past, you know, several years, just through college and my early professional experience. And as much as I adore, you know, putting on my <laughs> girl boss hoops <laughs> and my stuff into into the city, I feel like coronavirus has been such a forcing function to really cultivate my home, cultivate my relationships, cultivate you know how do i feel grounded centered present worthy without by literally just being because i can't go do anything or at least in the very beginning you really could not go do anything um what do you feel like through coronavirus i mean following you on instagram has been inspiring to say the least Thank even, you you i i feel like i've just witnessed even a mini you know just what you share on instagram but Being able to kind of witness and and watch your your growth and how you're kind of becoming more of who you always have been just in a new chapter um what do you think through coronavirus or through this time through this chapter of life you feel like you've added to your life and what do you feel like you've taken away
0: Hmm. that's a really interesting question um i've learned a lot throughout this time um i think as many of us as most of us can say One of the things that I've noticed within myself is when coronavirus became an issue and when we were on lockdown in New York and, you know, we were just like at the epicenter of so much uncertainty, I had to sit with myself because I was forced to, because emotionally I was forced to just sit with myself and like, think about what really mattered because everything just felt so desperate and so... um, Just scary that I was like, okay. And those moments, you kind of just like go down to the framework and you think about like, what do I care about, and what do I wish I had right now, or what would where do I wish um, I was? And I just wanted to be in nature because I felt like I would be safe in nature and around a lot of nature and have having space. All of that would have made my life easier. Um, And my community, like I turned to my community, and I just I realized that that's really all I wanted was to just like have like feel free and in my environment and to just like know that my, my friends and my family were okay. And that, um, that we were in community with each other. And I also at that point, like immediately turned to like gardening and like growing food in my apartment in New York. And I found so much grounding in that. And it was just interesting to see what I gravitated towards in my moments of, of weakness. And when I felt so desperate to find something that felt good. So, um, I learned that about myself and that I can't say that that's something I would have been necessarily aware of consciously before coronavirus. So that's something that now I know needs to be implemented and like prioritized for the rest of my life, because I don't want to turn to those things just to like my community or nature or like, you know, uh, my home and where I live when I feel the worst. I want to make sure I integrate all of that into my lifestyle so that it just becomes part of my life because I know it makes me feel better. And, um, I also realized that there were just some things I didn't care about anymore. Like I really had outgrown, like um, I didn't want to work my nine to five anymore. And that was a job that I'd been working for so long. And um, you know, I don't have a a huge like backup plan. I don't have uh, a lot of money saved up. I mean, I have a decent amount of money saved up because I plan to quit, but otherwise I don't have any um, investment money or anything. And I knew that by quitting my job, it was like the ultimate leap of faith on and trust and, and um, exercise in trusting myself and so I did it because I realized i just didn't have the capacity to do things that didn't make me feel good anymore even if that meant it was sc- i had to make a scary like um brave decision I had to do it and so I learned that I don't want to be in situations and in predicaments that make me feel out of alignment with myself and i had sacrificed that for many years and um, this pandemic has taught me that it's just a non-negotiable at this point and I'm turning 28 in January and it's interesting because when I was younger I pictured my life looking so different at 28 um, not necessarily vastly different but I just thought there would be different markers along the way that didn't necessarily come about at this age but they're like beautiful lessons that I've learned like just life lessons and Uh, kind of lessons in terms of who I want to be as a woman in the world that have come out as a result of this pandemic before my 20th birthday that make me feel proud, even though the journey has not been easy, to say the least.
1: (laughs) That makes me (laughs) teary-eyed. Oh, yeah. I mean, as you were talking, I was like, honestly, it felt like life or death. Like, the thing, the choices that you were making was a difference between life and death and death in the sense of like stagnance or just living so unconsciously versus consciously with your life and with your career. And I I mean, I know for a fact, you're not alone in the sense that coronavirus was like, you know what? <laughs> the nine to five path is not for me right now. Um, and I really admire the fact that that you did take that risk. I know that it's really scary, but I mean, what beauty, you know, like what an opportunity to to move and to change and to try something new, um, in a moment of our history when, when everybody is, is doing that. Um, and if you're not, you just feel like you're on pause. And before quarantine, you, you did go through a lot of movement and then now you've taken a really big leap from, from New York, you know, the depths of metropolitan New York into, um, space and, and, and a city that's completely different. You said on Instagram, it was like, you don't even know anybody here. You just chose. I would love to know more about that story and how you feel like movement through cities and through our country. Cause you've lived in so many different regions of our country. How do you feel like that's affected you?
0: Yeah. Um, well, so to answer your last, the the second question, I, I feel like I've come to terms with the fact that I am not somebody who can stay in one place for a very long time. I would love to have a home base, like just a home somewhere where I know that is where I can go for grounding. And that's where I would spend a lot of my time. But I would also love to just spend part of the year exploring and living in different places because I feel like every time I move, it brings out a different version of myself. Like I was one person in Miami and then I left and I went to New York and I, I lived there for three years without... Live without moving. And that brought out a completely different side of me. And then now I moved to Austin and I'm like, who is she? Like, I don't know who this cat is, but I'm excited to get to know her and she feels so different and I have so many questions. And so now I just feel so curious about myself in a way that I was when I first moved to New York, but had gotten out of. And that's usually the time, I guess, now that I'm saying this aloud is I, I just kind of know when I'm, I'm done being that phase like I I, when I'm done going through that phase and like when I'm ready to transform and usually it appears like anxiety and like antsiness and just feeling like or antsy um it just feels like I I'm just not supposed to be here anymore and I guess I can blame like my my Aries moon and and like I'm Aries moon and rising so like I guess I can blame that energy for my Oftentimes impulsivity because most of my moves have happened within like four weeks of making the decision. So I move quickly when I, when I know, and I think that's one of the things that has made me always feel like I have control over myself and it makes me feel free and it makes me feel like, um, I, I'm not taking life for granted because when I get the nudge and when I feel like it's time, I do it and I don't waste time. And my body and my spirit just literally don't let me. I will get sick. I will get anxious. I will just be the worst person to to kind of be around because I'm just like not in alignment with that space anymore. And and until I move, I won't come back to myself. So um, that's something. And then the move to Austin, it was actually really strategic. Like as of right now, technically we're supposed to, when uh, Frank and I, my partner, uh, we were supposed to make this decision and this move just for six months because his job isn't allowing him to work full time remote just yet, even though he's been working remote for a while, but they haven't made any formal plans for everyone to just kind of live wherever they want full time. And so we were like, well, let's just leave for six months and then we'll we'll have to come back to the Northeast. Doesn't mean we have to live in like Brooklyn again. It could be out uh, like upstate or something but it needs to be accessible to Manhattan by train some way for his job so we were like well let's just go to a city or let's go to a place where we can save money for the six months that work on so that way we can just be intentional about this time apart from living in the northeast and so we checked out states that were relatively affordable and we decided to come to Texas because neither of us had lived here and within Texas Austin was the one city that like really drew us in because there is a lot of space, but there's also culture here. So you can kind of have the best of both worlds. So that's what brought us to Texas. So it was purely strategic. And then once I started looking into it more like my cartography and stuff, like looking up where you just like, where in the world um, you best thrive in, uh, I looked up how my signs and like my zodiac and all that stuff aligns with the space here. And apparently Austin is really good for me. So. Turned out to work out, so yeah, that's how we ended up here.
1: <laughs> I love that. It it sounds like you just trust yourself so much. Like what you're saying about how you you make these decisions and you make them and you do them and you listen to them and you trust them and it all happens pretty fast. Even it doesn't
0: if- feel like it in the moment. In the <laughs> moment, it definitely doesn't feel like that. But with like looking back, I guess it's true. I I really do. I really do trust myself. Like. I don't know. It's just, I just have to, like, I just know that there's like this power within me that when she's done, like when this energy, when this power, this version of me is done with a situation, she takes control. Like, I kind of feel like a bystander to like this energy that takes over me. And it can be very confusing for people around me who don't, understand what it feels like to kind of just go with the flow and who are more like anchored in a one place or one idea of what life could be, my my energy can be very confusing for them because I often lean into like, uh, I guess you can say like intuitive signs. And I often lead, lean into like a vision that I have for my life that I can see very clearly and I don't have the steps for it, but I just trust that it's meant to be there and that it's going to happen. I just let life lead me that way. And I know that it's not like something I can write or prove or like have analytics for, or like, you know, like create like a tangible proof for, but it's just something that I know. And we all have that. We all have that inner knowing. And there's just some ways that I guess I've never lost touch with it, but we can all get there. And that's the cool thing. And that's what I honestly hope to kind of help people reconnect with through my platforms. I, I often just want to talk about what it means to chase your dreams, like what it means to connect with yourself. Because I know that my work here, part of my work here is to help my community and like help people within my generation connect with that within themselves. So we can all be activated in meaningful ways in the world because we have to be activated. Like there was ever a time we needed to like really lean into our gifts. It was, it, it would be right now because we are at this critical mass where if we don't have a collective shift soon, um, we may not be able to turn it back. So I know that part of what I came here to do is just like show people that we can lean into our belief and our faith in ourselves because like we all made a decision before we came here. Like when we were souls and I don't know in the universe or whatever, like we made a decision to come here for a reason and that's so divine and that's so intuitively guiding or that's just exactly what we need in the world. That's going to offset all of the things that we're afraid of. And that's, um, that can appear like, you know, doing work like I'm doing, or that can appear like the work you're doing, or, you know, people who are working in environmentalism. And, you know, it's just all of those people, all of us are leaning into those gifts that we feel like feel um, encoded in, in us. So yeah, that's, that's kind of what I usually tell myself and what I feel Um, when people tell me like, you just, you just trust yourself or you do this. It's like, it's not just me. It's literally everyone.
1: Mm. Oof, I am freaking out. That's so (laughs) amazing. (laughs) So, okay. I know myself and I know my answer to this, but the point of, of this conversation is to hear your answer to this. What would you tell anybody who just heard all of that, who feels woken up? who feels excited, who might even know listening what that really terrifying new decision is for their life. Or they know themselves so well and they know that if they just made this one shift, if they just moved a little bit in one direction or tried this one thing, even if they figure it out tomorrow after listening to this, like, what would you tell somebody who who's sitting and wrestling with I think I might know what my soul needs, and I'm terrified.
0: Oh my gosh, I know. I've been there. I've been there. Like, seriously, I've been there so many times and I know I'll kind of be there many more times. I guess what I would say is it just takes a few moments of courage. Like you really just need to commit. Like it just takes your inspiration in like you're inspired uh aligned self to lead for a few minutes to make some key decisions and once you make the decision you will just have to make it happen just let yourself lead like let your highest self lead and let her or like him or or that like let them lead and everything will work out because your highest self is the one controlling the ship and like steering this journey and it's Your highest self knows, like your highest self is there and is intuitively guided. And like, there's so many ways to reconnect with yourself. And like, you probably already have the answer. And I know it's scary, but like, just let, like, just like, just believe, just believe in yourself and understand that the worst that could happen is that you end up going right back to what you're doing right now. And you already know this. So it's like, you can always go back to what you're doing right now after you try, if it doesn't work out, but it's probably going to work out. So like move to the new place, like who knows if that's where your next big idea is going to be, or like your your like the love of your life or like some really good friends or, you know, like a book or a project, something like you just never know what's waiting for you on the other side of this knowing. And by not leaning into it, you're kind of, no, you're not kind of, you are withholding something really important from the world. And so if, if it helps to feel and connect with something outside of yourself, know that as you lean into your truth, you're helping other people. And if you need to make it about others, like you will be impacting a lot of people when you are aligned with your highest self. So just think about all the people that are going to be transformed by you just because you live, just because you're living in your truth. So it's, it really does happen that way. So just believe it. I I don't know. I don't know what else to tell you except that because I just know it's true.
1: I am like crying. (laughs) (laughs) Like I just need to prompt you with a question. You let it out. And I I just got to absorb and just. Oh my God. And move on. I just, I mean, if that isn't the meaning of life, I don't know what it
0: is. That was just stream of consciousness right there. I'm glad it landed.
1: Oh my gosh. That is exactly what we needed. Okay. I don't really have a reaction other than that. Thank you for that wisdom. Um, let's chat Goddess Council. I I I love giving a little shameless plug moment. Tell us about what the Goddess Council is and how it came to be.
0: Yeah, so Goddess Council is the organization that I mentioned at the at the beginning of this chat. But I would love to go into it a little more. So. I started this community in my apartment, my apartment in Brooklyn when I moved from Miami. So, like when I made that huge shift and all of that, like I said, it wasn't easy. And I was depressed, like I got to New York and I was depressed within a few months because I realized I didn't have community. I didn't know what the hell the next step was. And like I just knew that um I needed something more. And I realized that I just I needed to have friends, I needed a community, I needed some some community and group that would make me feel like I belong somewhere in like this massive city that could make you feel like you don't belong anywhere. So I started a potluck series out of my apartment. And it was really just like people of the internet, if you want to come over to my apartment, like DM me, which <laughs> luckily like God was looking out because really cool people responded. Like there were no creeps or anything. And so uh I just had a few people over and then it became something that I did every month. But every month more people came because they would tell their friends, and then I, I just realized like through the feedback I was getting that I needed to make this a thing because there were a lot of people that wanted to experience a space like where they felt like they belonged, and so it really Goddess Council was birthed out of my need for a community like this. I really just thought it was going to be ten of us, and we were going to be in New York, and we were just going to be we were just going to be a group of women that like loved each other and like went and did fun things and leveled up together, but you know, the universe had other plans. So um, I, I basically poured all of that love into a community that can now be accessed digitally uh, through our platform and through our network. Um, and we have a bunch of things that we do. Part of it is just connecting with each other, checking in, seeing how we're doing. And the other part of it is just engaging in a way that's meaningful, like writing together during our early rise journaling sessions or going to a sound bath that's like led for our community by facilitators and wellness practitioners or a cooking class like we did today like a plant-based cooking class or a book club there's all these ways that we connect with each other to kind of just enhance our well-being and like what we learn and what we're doing and then there's the other part of it that's just like we hype each other up and we listen to each other and we're really invested in each other and it's just cool that anybody from any part of the world can join this and it this community attracts the people that we've always wanted because our intentions are exactly the same when you go on our on our platform and you check to see like if you want to join the membership there's like all of these things that kind of are outlined like if you are looking for a community that makes you feel like you belong look no further we're right here and you kind of have to look at that before you decide to join. And if you feel like you connect with those things and just know that everybody else connected with those same things. So everybody's kind of filtered out for you. And it, it's been really exciting to build GC and to know that we've evolved like this. And earlier this year, uh, GC actually was awarded the Erie 2020 Changemakers Grant. So we were awarded $20,000 at the beginning of the pandemic, which... Literally saved our business, but also made it so that we can, we could continue uh, paying our facilitators while offering free programming throughout the pandemic, which I felt was like so, so necessary. And so we, we hosted about 85 gatherings between March and September for free for the community to kind of just help ground us and to also employ facilitators and wellness practitioners during a time where so many studios were closed. And, um, and then we transitioned into a private network. So now we can do all of those things, but we also have a private community online where we can talk about things off offline or online, but not during gathering. So if somebody says something during a session or something, and then, um, somebody has a question, they can DM them, or we can create a whole like conversation following up on something that was mentioned. We can share books, podcasts, music, pictures of our pets, like all sorts of things. So it's cool to also have that. And, um, yeah, that's what goddess council is.
1: Gosh, it sounds like heaven on earth. I mean, just like the best forms of community.
0: It really is. It's like the beautiful corner of the internet that we all need that we didn't know could happen because it's just like a bunch of content that we find from the internet, videos, music, like everything, everything that makes us happy. We just pour it in there for each other. And so you go in there and it's like memes and encouraging content and like just beautiful comments that, recharge me every time i enter it and i'm not just saying that because i'm biased like it really really has been a saving grace in my life during this time
1: i love the word recharge i love that so as community architect what does that mean and 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 what does honestly i'd even just out of curiosity like what is a day in the life as community architect and founder of this community look like for you
0: well community architect is something that I guess I I connected with that phrase because community building is like the act of doing all of it. But then like a community architect is the person that makes that happen. And I connected with that because that's how I feel like everything within me expresses itself. Like I love to create spaces where people can come together with an intention and like can like elaborate on that intentionality within that space. And so for GC, like there's a clear intention behind that. And I'm constantly adapting the, the community to the needs of the community and like the framework around the community. So like through offerings and through like programming and things that we that we say, the language we use, the vocabulary, all of that stuff, it's all intentional based on what that community wants. And so that's how my brain works. I kind of help to bring together big picture and, clarify the intention and then understand the pieces that need to be put in place. And so that's always led through the context of like, I just want people to feel like they belong somewhere and like they are loved and that there are other people who care about the same things. And here is how we come together right here. And this is what we do. And so that's what a community architect is to me. That's how I feel like um, my work is most, beneficial to the world and is displayed and um what does a day in the life look like for me ah oh every day is so different and now that I live in Austin I'm like really trying to rediscover what that looks like because now I have more time to first of all like spend on myself or you know pour into myself because I don't work my nine to five anymore and so like there's that part of it and then there's also the part where I'm in a completely different space and so um one thing I have integrated that I, that I uh, took in as advice or kind of uh, m- I'm modeling after Cassandra, the founder of the Cosmos, and she does not take meetings on Mondays or Fridays. So that's something I don't do. I'm trying to not schedule any work on Mondays or Fridays so that I only work Tuesday through Thursday and I have like a four day weekend always. And so um, I'm doing that. I do like to put it like one hour breaks in between all of the things that I do. So if I have like a meeting at one, I won't do something else until three, just to kind of give myself that time to eat, take a nap, you know, read or do something that helps me kind of diffuse all of the things that I'm doing. And, um, I've been integrating movement. I love my Peloton bike. That's something that we got in August that I'm so grateful for. So I do my Peloton classes. We go hiking now. And so every day looks different. But yeah, like Sunday mornings are hiking days now. Um, And then I love to just like cook for myself every day if I can, like drink a green smoothie at some point during the day and like just constantly pour goodness into myself in the ways that feel right in the moment. So it's like, if I need to like put lavender in the diffuser and like take a nap, that's what I need to do that day. And like, that's what it plays out that day. But the next day I might have a lot more energy and like, I don't need to nap. So I modify it. And my therapist has been a really big help with that, um, with like connecting with the fact that I can do that and that I have the you know, I have the right to kind of modify my life as I need it to be and that I can say no to things that impose on my flow. And that's obviously a privilege now that I don't have to work a nine to five or like you kind of have to adjust to what your employer wants versus what you need. And so, um, yeah, just like spending time in nature and jumping on the trampoline. I have access to the trampoline now. I like integrating my trampoline now. And yeah, that's that's a quick summary. (laughs)
1: It just sounds so fun yeah it is like smile to my face versus like okay i'm gonna wake up and i have to have my green smoothie and then i'm gonna work meeting after meeting and i have to take a break because i have to and i have to go on my peloton because i have to like you didn't use any of that language and and yet you're still doing those things right but but completely flip the narrative to be like what can i pour into myself as I continue to do really meaningful work versus must do meaningful work. And then I kind of have to pour into myself or else I won't stay alive. Like, yeah, I love that. But I
0: was doing that before and I didn't like it. And not only did I not like it, but like, I could not function. Like I consciously knew I needed something to change, but also just wasn't myself. So I was like, we have to reframe this as like, I get to, I choose to, because I don't like being told what to do, even if that means like myself, like I have to trick myself into like doing things because I get to do it. So I have little sticky notes around the the house and I kind of put them in different spaces. So like, I have a sticky note by the couch that says you deserve to rest. So it's like, Oh, I don't have to go take a nap. I, I get to nap. And so by the Peloton, it's like, um, uh, this is self-care movement is self-care, not a chore. So it's like just things like that that like help me reframe why I'm doing things. And then I commit to them because I don't feel like I have to do them. Mm -hmm. Because when you feel like you have to be on a diet or you have to be on a certain schedule, you have to be on this or you have to be on that. It kind of feels limiting and restricting. And Hey, like schedules work for a lot of people. So maybe some people have like schedules in some way, but then they're like flexible in other ways, whatever works for, you know, for anyone, but like, yeah, that's what's worked for me and has made me feel like I have the most flexibility and choice in my life. And I tried to also do that when I had a nine to five job, like during the hours that I wasn't working for them. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm. Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So what, now that you have the goddess council and you have yourself and you feel more connected to the world, to your people, to your soul, what advice would you have for anybody listening who not only feels really out of tune with themselves, but feels so out of tune with themselves, they don't even have the capacity to try and find authentic community, or mm. they don't have the energy to show up as their true selves mm. in their current relationships?
0: Hmm. Wow, that's a big question. So for one, if you feel like you want access to a community and you don't want to do the work to like really, really look for that community chances are you could just join goddess council. I do all of that work for you. So you could just join a spot, and it's already done. Like that's literally what I do for my job. I'm always thinking about this and I'm always like trying to optimize so that you don't have to waste or not waste, but you don't have to dedicate so much time to like finding the right people. So that's that uh, shameless plug because it's just truth. And um, I I really would recommend you write if you don't have the energy to like, I don't know. I guess the first thing we have to do is just like understand what we're thinking. Like oftentimes when we feel overwhelmed or when we feel like something is just not right, it's because we're not clear enough about something. So it's like, as you sit down and you just free write, you just like connect with yourself, you get to like see what you think and process your feelings and clarify your feelings, then everything will start to kind of feel more balanced. And so I would would say don't look so far away for the answers when the answers are so close, like there's no need to distract yourself or, you know, some books are helpful and some resources are helpful and you can spend money on that. But like most of the time you can get to the same answers if you just sit with yourself long enough. And so I would say like, as often as it feels like the wrong thing to do, like you want to like, instead of like sitting with ourselves and being still, we should be doing things we actually need the opposite. We need to like sit still and be be more intentional and slow with our time so that we can alchemize like the answers and like process lessons and kind of come out on the other side feeling like we can understand reality better. So that's the one thing I would say is journal and connect with yourself.
1: Yeah, I heard at one point like meditation and journaling is basically understanding the language of your soul. And yes. So if you don't understand that language, like, you know, you're toast. Yeah. <laughs> There's
0: no way to yeah.
1: it. I don't know what it even like sounds like.
0: <laughs> yep. You um, are toast for real.
1: So big question. Another big question. Yes. That's the theme of today's episode. What do Hit you me. think is the key to authentic deep connection?
0: what do i think is the key to authentic deep connection well similarly to what we just said if you don't know yourself then you can't be authentically in relationship and in connection with anyone Mm. as you become more clear on who you are then you can look around to see what you want from others and what you care to exchange with others if you become softer and more compassionate and like more creative and articulate, then those are the kinds of people you'll attract. And if that's what you care about, then that's what you'll prioritize. And that's the kind of like the frequency that you'll be on. And so I realized like, I I learned this answer and not answer. I kind of like realized this as I kind of went through relationships and friendships that just were so toxic for me because I was not being authentically myself. I didn't know what I wanted and you know what was real. And um, and so I attracted those types of manifestations in in relationships and I had to learn the hard way many times. And now I'm just so clear on the kind of community that I want and the kind of connections that I want that I only see that, like I only engage with that. And so like I kind of have blinders on to everything else. So yeah, I would say that and it's okay to be different. It's okay to not conform to certain things because like as much as it might feel like you're alone, you're alone sometimes, it's not true. Like you're just walking into and navigating your own sense of your truth and and what you want life to be and you'll attract people that believe the same things and um, you just kind of have to be in your element alone for a bit to like sit it sit with it and readjust, and then the bright people will come to you. So trust yourself. and it's okay to be yourself. Like truly do not conform because then the right people can't find you. So that's one thing I've learned, like truly the hard way. And if I could like scream that from the rooftops, I would because it would have spared me so much heartache to have just like believed me and believed myself along the way. So, yeah,
1: oh. My gosh, do not conform because then the right people can't find you. Oh, yes.
0: (laughs) Shit. I need to write that. I need to write that because yeah, it's really, it's really that simple.
1: Yeah. Okay. My gosh, I'm going to have to immediately listen back to this and just (laughs) just, just marinate. This is going to be my meditation for the next few (laughs) weeks. Wow. Okay want to start to kind of wrap things up and 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 bring it back to just that joyful playful tone. Yes. You are an airy change maker. Yeah. Hey, how incredible. <laughs> but I'm sure that there's a lot that kind of went into that process and there's probably things that you've come to kind of understand since being a part of this new community. What A, can you tell us more about being it? How that kind of came to be? And then what are even just a few lessons that you've learned through that process of receiving recognition for all of the incredible work that you're doing.
0: Yeah. So being an airy change maker has been so interesting. So I didn't so we we were we were awarded the grant early on in the year like maybe April or June or something, but we couldn't announce it till like late summer. So I knew for many, many months and I couldn't tell anybody aside from my family. And so um, when it, the news came out to the world, I had already marinated. I had already like sat with it and it had marinated. So like I I, I had to kind of like re-excite myself because I couldn't understand like why it was such a big deal at that point because like I had already sat with it for many months and I was like, okay, like, let's just get to work. And so when the announcement came out, I was just like, oh yeah, like, yeah, that the news for that came out, but you know, like the, the, the impact has already been implemented. So, um, that was interesting, (laughs) but yeah, it's been interesting. It's also been interesting to realize that a company, like a big corporation could really put their dollars behind ideas that are just what the world needs. Like, it it really shouldn't be this difficult for other companies to follow suit behind what Aerie is doing. They committed four hundred thousand dollars to twenty different women. Like that's a lot of money, but you know, like they knew that it was important. And so I would I would encourage all of us to kind of like inspire the companies that kind of um, make up our society to invest in us because as they invest in us, we can invest in our society and it's synergistic. And so, um, I've learned a lot about just how much CEOs can like impact a brand and like an intention. So that's something that, um, I know I want to be more mindful of when aligning with certain brands. And like, when I say yes to certain partnerships, because now Ari has set the bar so high in terms of what it means to like, collaborate and use resources to advance my mission and like amplify my work. And so um, now I feel like that this feels aligned. And now that I know that this is aligned, then I know that there will be other opportunities that feel just as good. And it's, it's it's you know, mutual because I know that now I can bring my work to Aries community and, you know, like we can merge our, our skill sets to kind of like pour into each other. So it's been awesome. And it's also been cool to connect with the network of other change makers, of other Aerie partners and, you know, community members. So it's been so cool. It's been so cool. I could not have seen this coming uh, when I set my intentions, December 31st, 2019. And so like the fact that 2020 played out this way, even though it has been such a difficult year makes me, you know, just kind of bow in humility to the divine because there's always a bigger plan obviously.
1: <laughs> well, congratulations again. I mean, it's still worth celebrating even these months later. Um and the fact that you're working on extending that impact and using those dollars towards good, I mean that's that's the second half of the battle, you know. First half of the battle showing up, second half is saying yes to what happens when you do. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, True.
1: So Kat, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Of course.
0: Thank thank you you for for having having me.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I, our favorite part of every episode is a lightning round right at the end.
0: Okay. I'm going
1: to ask you three short questions. Um, don't think, just say, are you ready? Okay. Let's go. (laughs) Okay. Something new that you've tried in the last month.
0: Oh, I made a new a new recipe today mm-hmm. um, with Goddess Council. We had uh, Kimberly come on and do a plant-based cooking class. And we made vegan, well, I use real cheese because I didn't have fake cheese. Um, vegan bi- bi- birrias, vegan birrias tacos. Okay. Um, and uh, this broth that I forgot the name of, but I made that today. That was new, very new.
1: That's so fun. Okay, um, underrated place to visit.
0: Uh underrated place to visit. Oh, I'm going to be so biased here and say um, Dominican Republic, mm-hmm. Samana in Dominican Republic is one of the most beautiful places in the world, in my opinion. Mm, I love that. Yeah.
1: Okay. Book, resource, or quote that you would leave our listeners with?
0: Mm. Oh, man. Um, if you are under the age, if you're still in your 20s, I would read The Defining Decade.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: that was a book that I read in college that really put a lot of perspective into the way I wanted the rest of my 20s to go highly recommend that um, a return to love mm-hmm. by Marianne Williamson is one of my favorite books and all about love by bell hooks is another one of my favorite books so I know you asked for one thing but I just listed three so there you go <laughs> love
1: it. the more the merrier. and I actually have a return to love on my shelf I bought it months ago and never found the time to read. So now I'm inspired. Yes.
0: You need to read it and let me know how you like it because that's one of the books that changed my life.
1: Oh man. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. This was absolutely incredible. Thank Thank you you for having me. Bye Chloe. Thanks so much for tuning into my conversation with Kat Lantigua. Is she not an absolute goddess. (laughs) Everything that you need to learn more about Kat and her work with the Goddess Council will be linked below, as well as information to learn more about and get involved in the Passages Project. We're always looking for nominations for our next guests, writers, and more. Stay tuned for our next few episodes. We have an incredible lineup of guests and we don't want you to miss a beat. Thanks again for tuning in. I'll see you on the other side.